Welcome to the Tribe of Testimonies. Here you will find conversations with faithful Native American members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, sharing their stories and their love of the Savior. My name's Andrea Hales. I'm Navajo, and I'm glad that you've decided to come and join us today. My guest today is Ty Yellowman. I'm really grateful for him that he would come on. I was... I try my best to make this podcast as intertribal, intergenerational, and interstate as possible. I lucked out when I found Ty because he's a young man and he's uh, right there at the cusp of his adulthood. And so it was really nice to talk to him. And yet he has had experiences that testify to him and to us as we listen about our Savior and about all the the blessings of the restored gospel on the earth today. Um, I like the picture that he sent me because uh, it it's really representative of him and his story. So if you get a chance to look at that on social media, um, I really like that picture. Um, I'm just really grateful for the time that I got to spend with Ty, and I hope that you enjoy this time with him as well. Here he is. I'm on this on the phone this morning with Ty Yellowman. Um, I was just randomly scrolling through my Instagram and I found him, and so here he is. Um, Ty, would you please introduce yourself in your tribal way as much as possible? If it's in your language, great. If it's not, that's fine. Not everybody speaks their language, and some languages are dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Ty Yellowman, you so, hello, my name is Ty Yellowman. I'm from Kirtland, New Mexico. And uh, one thing in my culture is uh, the clan clanship that we have. And I'm very fortunate to, to know my clans. I don't. I'm not fluent in the language, but I do uh, know my mom's clan, which is the Mexican clan. And then my dad's clan is uh, uh, Cliff, Dwell- Cliff Dweller's clan. And so that's just um, part of who I am, uh, where I come from. And yeah. Yeah. What do you love about your heritage as it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ? It can be pretty much anything, a story, a celebration, a way of life, a ceremony. What do you love about your heritage as it relates to the gospel? So just thinking about my heritage and the Navajo tribe, I feel like food has a big part of the culture, just the socialization that it brings and then um just uh, getting to to know people it's just like coming together celebrating uh birthday parties or ceremonies um so i feel like in my family we we definitely have taken opportunities to uh, um cook some food and then invite a lot of people over just to you know, have a good time and um, get to know one another. And so we started this tradition, I would say about 
six or seven years ago where we um, we planned this event where we cook a sheep underground as, lo- uh, as well with uh, other meats like brisket and pork. But we, we've always had this tradition where we uh, cook the sheep underground and then we we focus on inviting friends and people who don't come to church as often. That's like our, our big target inviting the the community to come out and um basically just to get to know each other and just know that you know we we care about them and we we hope that you know they're doing well and so every year uh we we plan this event um and we we send out invitations to our friends and people in our church and we come together and we we basically just um eat and socialize and and then also another thing that we we've done um a couple years ago around uh christmas time usually like around christmas eve we like to hand hand out um uh, lunch meals to the homeless and we we do it in our community we cook usually just cook like pork sandwiches and we gather like our family together and then we we take off in certain vehicles in groups and then hand out to about let's say like uh, about 200 bags of uh lunch meals to the homeless on in our community and so i feel like just going back to in my culture just food is uh something that is pretty pretty big in my culture just coming together and uh, getting to know one another and whether it's just a celebration or just um you know inviting inviting people just to to have a good time and so that's something that I've that I've really loved um these past couple years since we started these traditions um just you know showing that we we do care about people in our community and we we do this through, um, you know, cooking, uh, cooking the sheep under, underground and preparing meals for the homeless. And so that's, that's something that I love about um, my heritage and how it ties into the gospel of Jesus Christ. I actually really love that um, because, I mean, in the Bible, how many of the religious ceremonies, uh, religious festivals are centered on the food and they even the food itself is is um symbolic so i can actually see that in the in the what you just described that you and your family do together those are symbolic foods and the way you share them i think that that's very christian i love that so yeah cool so um you grew up in kirtland were you raised as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Yes. So I'm born and raised in the church. And as well as uh, my siblings, I have an older sister and two younger brothers. And my mom was also raised in the church. But my dad, he's a, he's a convert. And he was about in his, uh, I'd say like in his mid-20s when he joined the church. That's when he... He met my mom, and then and then it happened right off the bat. But um, it took a 
several discussions from the missionaries and um, for him to join the church. But yeah, we are, um, I would say, um, yeah, we're, we're pretty active in the church. We go to church every Sunday. Um, my mom and my dad have callings. And when the gospel first came to my family, it started with my great-grandmother, Katie Woody Nelson. And she was baptized in 1953 in Hobback, New Mexico. And I think her story has really just been eye-opening for me because she only spoke Navajo and she was once encountered with the missionaries and just immediately felt the spirit from them. And luckily one of the, the missionaries was fluent in Navajo and they, they had discussions. And the one thing that held her up from being baptized was her husband, who wasn't, who wasn't open to any church or religion and didn't like the idea that she was having discussions with missionaries. And so he wasn't open to her joining any sort of religion. Um, and so this was kind of a, a holding point for her to, to be baptized until um, her husband had passed away. And that's when she was baptized in 1953 as long as well with her, her kids. And so my grandma had nine children, and um, I saw I have a lot of cousins, and that just led to me growing up in the church. And um, I have lots of uh, cousins and aunts and uncles that serve missions, including myself. And so, I'm very, very grateful for um, her conversion story and just. Uh, the example that she set for all of us and, um, you know, filling the spirit and knowing that this is a true church. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in a church. Yeah. So you said you served a mission. Where did you serve a mission? I served in the Canada Vancouver mission. And this, this was a couple of years ago, back in uh, 2017 is when I left. And yeah, it was definitely the best two years of my life, but also the probably the most challenging life, challenging challenging two years of my life. Um, but yeah, I, I've loved every part of my mission and every place that I serve, and I was very very fortunate to pretty much serve in all four corners of my mission. My mission was huge; um, it covered pretty much the whole province of British Columbia. And I was up in the north where it got down to like negative 20 to like 30 degrees. Oh and gosh. then, yeah, I served in like near Vancouver, which is like super beautiful. Um, never snowed there, just rain pretty much all the time during the winter. And then I went to Vancouver Island, which is like by far the most beautiful place I've ever been to. Just in the springtime, there's so many flowers and then right there by the ocean and then i served in i think it's like the only desert in canada where it got up to about 100 degrees in the summertime <laughs> and so yeah i was very grateful to 
to serve all over. And, but yeah, that's, that's where I served in the Vancouver, Vancouver mission. Wow. So you're a college student right now, right? Yeah. And you're at Fort Lewis? Yep. Is there an institute program there? There is. So we we have some super awesome teachers. Um, Chris and Monica Sill. I, I love them very much. They We have institute every Thursday and they feed us dinner and... Chris uh, Chris Sill, who was a was a bishop here in Durango, but now his calling is an institute teacher. Um, yeah, very very awesome people, and and um, as long as I've been here, the four years that I've been here, there's there's always been an institute program. Cool. What are you majoring in? I'm majoring in uh, political science and minoring in public health. Ah, what are you planning on doing with that? That's a very good question. <laughs> I I have some different options in mind. The one of the bigger reasons why I decided to major in political science um, was to become a city planner, and I I've looked at different grad schools for city planning, and I've kind of been more interested in economic development or infrastructure developments. Um, but recently I've uh, been studying public health. I would say last year, that's when I decided to, to minor in public health and I've really liked just studying it. And so I've been thinking about getting more um, in depth in that study, in that field of study. And so I thought about um, becoming like a public health nurse. Uh-huh. And so I have some different options, but I'll be graduating in December. So I'll most likely be continuing school um, next fall. I just still got to kind of figure out what I'm going to do about just trusting the process right now. Yeah. How do you feel like the Lord is giving you direction in this in this life goal pursuit? Um, I feel like he's definitely placing the right people in my life. And so just going back to my parents, like they've always had a huge influence on my life. And so I've talked to them about just my, my future plans and kind of things that I still not too sure about, but they always just ensure me that, if I just continue to study hard and do the choose the right, then I'll I'll find the way. And um, and I feel like also just going back to my institute teachers, just people like them will definitely. I mean, they they've been helping me um, stay true to the gospel. Um, and I feel like just with your question, just going back to the the people that he's placed in my life and. Um, making sure that I'm, you know, staying on the right path and focusing on my goals, uh, finishing school, and just uh, the constant reminders of the the little things like reading my scriptures, saying my prayers, going to church. Um, we just recently had a general conference, and that's always just a big 
motivation builder for um, building my own testimony and keeping it strong. And so, yeah, I think it's just in the small and simple ways with people, um, just having that constant reminder of doing the things that I need to be doing so that I can eventually, you know, find my career in the future. You just brought up General Conference. Was there anything that stood out to you about General Conference? Yeah, I I feel like with um, President Nelson and just his, uh, the age that he is right now, 99, I think that's what he said. Um, That's just insane to me. And so like he wasn't physically there at conference, but he had his message recorded and so when he um, happened to speak in the last session of conference, um, one of the things that stuck out to me was just um, uh, think celestial. And I think that's just uh, another powerful um, reminder just to always have the, your eyes on the, your eyes and heart on the Lord and, I like that that simple message just because we we live in a world of division where people you know they they have like a, a lot of their own opinions about the world the issues that are going on and I think just with president Nelson think, saying that in conference it, it really just assured to me that um, there's there's hope in this life and as long as we keep our eyes and eyes and Lord, eyes and hearts on the, the Lord, that we'll be able to, um, you know, go through this life without, without as without many challenges and um, the temptations that we have as well. We'll be able to to fight through them. Yeah. So, as a college student, what are some of the things that are are um, hard for you? Like, um, where do you where do you find your faith is struggling at, at college and how do you, how do you get through that? So I think here in, for me here in Durango, Colorado, there's not a whole lot of church members, especially in the YSA age group. And so going to the college classes every day, um, they just, um, I mean, I've, I've met many good people at Fort Lewis college, but just the, the values and morals that they have, it's totally different from, you know, growing up in the church and my own values that I have. And a lot of them, the, the fun that they like to have is different from the fun that I like to have. Yeah. And so, um, I've, uh, been invited to you know, parties and just social gatherings where they they have like alcohol and that stuff. And I had to turn them down just because like, that's not what I do and that's not, not um, who I am. So I feel like that's just uh, one of the bigger challenges is just meeting, you know, people like myself who have uh, values that, um, like keeping the word of wisdom and 
the law of chastity. Um, it's just hard to find other people like myself. But like I said, there's there's many, many great people here at Fort Lewis College. It's just the culture is just different. And um, as you kind of look at Utah, you know, there's a wide range of members of the church. And um, I've always wanted to go be, to BYU. Uh, for for that reason of of meeting like minded individuals, but I think just looking at it from a bigger perspective, it's a it's a blessing because um, like I'm pretty much home away from home, which is nice because I get to visit my family quite often. Um, I've met many great people here, and. I also just know how to resist that type of temptation, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's great. What is something that you learned on your mission that um, that you continue to think on, grow on, and um, implement in your life right now? Um, so looking back on my mission, I remember the the prayers that the that I that I had and the spiritual experiences. Um so I remember when I first got into the MTC, I was like so nervous and got to meet my district, my companion, and the the whole first day I was just just really nervous and really was contemplating if I was, you know, supposed to be there or not. And so I remember that night and I'll never forget this experience when um, I was laying in my bed and saying, saying a prayer. I was just asking for confirmation if this is the right thing for, for me to do, like to be on a mission and, um, and I remember after the prayer, like, I didn't feel any difference. I just went to sleep, and I woke up that morning and just felt fresh and felt like a new person. It was one of, like, the most awesome, the most awesome experience that I've had just at the beginning of my mission at the MTC. And just that, just that prayer meant a lot to me, just knowing that God you know, heard me and answered my prayer. And, and so just being here at college, I um, have a lot of quizzes and exams that I take. And so with um, the power of prayer, I know that I'm able to um, have that guidance that the Lord is watching over me and that he's going to help me through my education. Um, if, and as long as I'm doing the right things that I'm supposed to. And I I've had experiences where where I've said a prayer in my heart before an exam and and I knew that the Lord was um was there and helping me um just knowing the things that I study for while taking the exam and um so that's that's one thing is just prayer. And I feel like another thing is just being just with time 
but you'll you'll never get it back and so just making and choosing my time wisely so taking the, the time to study time to go to classes um i feel like on my schedule or on my mission my schedule was you know wake up um exercise um personal and companion study i had a schedule that i was uh, used to and then when i was off my mission it was totally different where um where i could do and make change uh, make choices on my own and so i feel like just i've learned to, to use my time wisely um luckily i don't um don't have a job i work through the summer and then um, thankfully, I also have scholarships that I have that help me focus just on school. So I'm a full-time student, and so, but still, just using my time wisely, um, making time to exercise, uh, making time to go to institute, family home evening, and so uh, that's that's another big thing that has helped me that I've learned on my mission to transition transition here as a college student. Yeah. Those are awesome. Those are things you can use for the rest of your life, for sure. So um, you you just brought up exercise, and you told me before that you like um, you like mountain biking and other kinds of things. What um, tell tell me about those things, your hobbies and things that you do to to um, keep yourself physically active? Yeah. So. When I graduated high school, I was big into sports. Uh, I played basketball and baseball. And then when I graduated, you kind of hit that point like, oh, like now what? Because my whole life was surrounded around sports. And so, I, I mean, I knew I wanted to go on a mission, but I didn't go right away. I went a year after I graduated, but a couple months after I graduated, my brother uh, got into mountain biking and he would go out with my uncle and they would do some trails here in Durango and they would just always tell me how much fun it it was just going down the trails and and then I wasn't convinced right away but they invited me one time to come to Durango and ride some mountain bikes and so I went and I had the worst time of my life I was like <laughs> how, I was like how is this any fun and we were climbing up the hills and went all the way to the top and went down this trail and I happened to crash and I did not like it. And so I didn't ride the bike um, for a while, but my brother continued to, to ride bikes. And so he continued to encourage me and he got my other brother into bikes and then as well as my dad. And so we eventually, um, I mean, I eventually got back on the bike and was starting to ride trails with them. And um, it started to become this family sport with my brothers and my dad and my uncle. And we would make trips to here to Durango and we'd ride some trails all over. And yeah, eventually it became fun to me. I think the biggest obstacle was just the pedaling uphill and then making sure I don't crash going downhill. And so, and then I left on my mission and then came back and I was so out of shape and got back on the bike and kind of had the same experience. I'm like, oh man, this is not fun. And then um, 
eventually just kept doing it. And when I came to here at Fort Lewis, I was really surprised on how many people biked here. And I was also surprised on the the big community that has pr- produced pr- professional bikers in road and mountain biking. And there's a there's a rich history of cycling here in Durango, Colorado. And here at Fort Lewis, there's also a collegiate cycling team. And they're like basically the top in the nation as far as competing with other colleges. And so I was just amazed my first year because I didn't I didn't have I had no idea that um they had this history of cycling. And so my freshman year in twenty nineteen here at Fort Lewis College, that's when I started to ride more and more and then in 2020 that's when i started to actually compete in races for cross-country cycling oh cool yeah and so um i decided to join the fort lewis team and um, unfortunately that year they only had one race but it was just only for the varsity riders and and i was just a club rider so i didn't get to compete for the school that year but in 2021, that's when I pretty much went full force into taking all the the races in that that they were competing with uh, uh, other schools. And so I raced for the club team here at Fort Lewis College and had a blast. And ever since then, I've been uh, riding road bikes and mountain bikes here in Durango, back home at Kirtland. And so... Yeah, I, I love it just because I've, I've met so many friends just through biking and then just the, the feeling of uh, going on an adventure and exploring nature and, and then also um, just the fitness part of it, like keeping me in shape. Um, it's, it's really helped me um, lose a couple pounds that I came up on my mission and so um, yeah, I love it. It's something I've, I've told myself and my family is that I'm going to do it as long as I can. And it's more of a, a lifestyle right now. That's really cool. You, and you're on the collegiate team. Yeah. So in that 2021 year, um, that was, uh, that was the last, the last year that I competed. Um, unfortunately this, this past year, I didn't, I didn't compete because I had a really bad crash that put me in the hospital <gasps> back in January. Oh no! Um, yeah, it was it was a very bad experience, but I mean, I, I learned so much from from that crash, and so um, I've been kind of just slowly getting back to mountain biking. Um, I've done some races here and there, but it's not as much as it was in the last two years. So. Um, yeah, crashes do happen, unfortunately, but I don't know. It's, it's just crazy how, like, I see that through other people. I'm like, man, they, they really got back on the bike after that huge crash. And here I am just back on the bike after that crash. Wow. That's, that's, um, a good lesson in itself, but what tender mercies have happened? You said you were in the hospital. What tender mercies have happened to you to let you know that Heavenly Father is 
still aware of you even in in hard times like when you crashed Mm -hmm. so i'm glad you asked this question because um this was definitely a blessing in disguise that i saw when later when i was released from the hospital but just looking back when i had crashed and i was doing a night ride with some friends and uh, we did this trail that was pretty much a a downhill trail and i had hit this jump but landed landed wrong and then i had a separated shoulder concussion and then i fractured my pinky and so i just had these uh these uh injuries that just built up and i didn't at the moment i didn't know any of that had occurred when i actually tried to get back on my bike and i realized i couldn't function right i was like what the heck and so i realized all the adrenaline had left my body and just saw that would what had happened to my body and so um i tried of course i tried calling my parents right away but um they didn't answer and they happened to be in a movie at that time and so i was like oh man like who can i call and so one of our good family friends uh willie cockrell he's a super super kind guy and one of uh one of our closest bike friends that we we have in our in our community we called him and he was there within like 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes and and just looking back on that experience like if I had called my parents and they had come to pick me up. I think it would have took longer for them to pick me up than compared to my friend that was there within 15 minutes. And when you have to go out there to that trail, you have to drive on dirt road. You have to know those oil field roads just to get to that trail. And that guy, he works in the oil field. um, And so he knows those back roads just in the back of his head like it's his own backyard and so he was there right away he knew where we were at took me straight to the hospital and i think from the time i crashed to the time that i was there at the hospital took about 30 minutes to whereas if my parents had tried to pick me up i don't think they would have been there as fast just because like they don't know that part of the area. Yeah. So it would have definitely took a lot longer for them to get there. And so when they took me to the hospital, the they were taking x-rays and just seeing what had happened to my body. And then um, my dad and my, my, my family showed up um, shortly after and they they were just like in shock what had happened and of course we were I, I mean I was still trying to figure out what had just happened and um I remember my mom was crying and saying oh man like I'm sorry I missed your call um I I wish I was there to to pick you up and I was like oh no it's good like man like Willie was there like in no time and and then um my dad and my brother um gave me a blessing and i'll never forget that experience because i believe that was probably one of the first blessings that my brother had had given um 
and it just meant a lot to me that they were there and that my my brother had the courage to step in with my dad to give me a blessing of uh of healing and just comfort and um yeah i'll I'll never forget that experience um it it definitely meant a lot <clears throat> yeah that is, that is great i'm i've i've uh looked back on some things too and i'm like heavenly father is way better at knowing things than we are <laughs> let's just put it yeah. that way <clears throat> yeah Mm-hmm. What is a favorite um, scripture or scripture story that you have um, that has strengthened your testimony? I feel like for me, um, something that I've really liked in the Book of Mormon, um, I've just restarted the Book of Mormon recently and one one uh, story that has really stuck out to me is just um, Nephi's uh, courage to go and do. And I think for me, that has really meant a lot to me because I was uh, recently reading um, the part where he was guided to gather food and he was receiving direction from the Liahona and, um, he had that steel bow that he was using and it broke on him and his whole family pretty much turned his back on him. And I was even surprised on his father's reaction to that too, where he kind of had some disbelief. And I think sometimes I just overread that part, but like when I read through that part, I'm like, wow, like he was only, he was really the only person that was going out and trying to, follow the Lord's counsel. And so, and, and we read a lot about how Lehi, um, you know, of course he is a prophet and uh, I look up to Lehi a lot too. And just the counsel that he gave to all of his children. But in that particular moment where um, his bow broke and he had to make a new one, um, it was really challenging for the Nephi to, stay strong and be courageous even with um, all his family having some disbelief. And so I I think it's just for me a reminder just to, to know that um, I'll be faced in trials or challenges in my own life where I might be the, the outcast. Like I, I feel like I am at Fort Lewis, but there's, there's other people that are, definitely watching over like you are the person that are setting an example that's what my mom has always told me and so i i always try to remember that and so just reading over that story just recently i definitely have learned a lot just with my own life about um being an example to other people and staying courageous to the lord and following his counsel and following the spirit and um, no matter how hard it gets. Yeah. I think that's great. Especially, especially considering the things that you're, you're in involved in right now and, and uh, going forward to do. So I think that's wonderful advice. 
Um, I've appreciated your stories about your mission and your and your mountain biking and all the things. Like I'm just really grateful for all the things you've shared with us today. I have one final question. What does it mean to you to know that you belong to the tribe of Israel? Knowing that I belong to the tribe of Israel, it's a very special feeling that that I get from just reading the Book of Mormon and knowing that it's a history of of our people here in the Americas. And I think it helps me know that um, this is a true church and there's no coincidence that um, there is a relation to Native Americans and the Book of Mormon. And so I think it's it's a good responsibility that we have as members of the church for myself um, being Native American to to help everyone, you know, come back to um, the true church. Because if you think about it, before we came to this earth, everyone here on this earth agreed to follow the plan. And so through the veil, you know, some of us, I mean, a lot of us like here on earth, um, they may not know, you know, that they chose this plan, but, we as members of the Church of Jesus Christ have this this knowledge and understanding that uh, where we came from and we cho- we chose to be a part of this plan and so we're all a part of the same team and and so I think it puts um, a greater responsibility for myself to to help other Native Americans to to know the truth and. Just the, the history of the, the, the Book of Mormon, um, there's definitely a special feeling just from from reading about it and knowing that Christ came and visited the people here in the, the Americas and, um, and that we're, you know, we're not forgotten. We're definitely, we're still here today. Um, history was dark and it's definitely hard to talk about, but I think we should always try to focus on the, the good things that are happening with um, with native communities across the land. Um, there's so much um, that is happening right now that um, that is helpful for our people. And um, so I think, yeah, it's just a very special feeling knowing that um, that I, who I am and where I come from and in relation to the Book of Mormon. Thank you so much, Ty, for your time and your testimony. And I wish you luck in all that you're doing, especially as you um, are getting close to graduating and, and uh, having to make some more huge life decisions. So thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you so much. I I really appreciate this opportunity, and I really enjoyed it. So 
I've been thinking a lot about motives lately. Um, why do we do things? What, what is the purpose of some of the actions, the behaviors, the things we say? There's a lot of strife in the world. From global strife down to neighborhood and, um, hopefully not in our homes, but I'm sure there are, there's strife in our homes. Well, actually I know there is. Uh, I mean, I have kids and they don't always get along with each other, but why do we choose what we choose? Why do we choose to hurt people? Why do we choose to be so easily offended? What are the motives behind our actions? Our Savior wants us to come back to Him. Our Savior wants us to choose Him. And if we have our eyes focused on Him, up at Him, there's less time to to get distracted. There's less time to to choose things we shouldn't be choosing. If our motive is to serve our Savior, then it will be much easier for us to... The first great commandment is to love the Lord with all thine heart, and the second is like unto it, to love our neighbors. And it's in that order, on purpose. So, that's what I've been thinking about. I see things where people are hurting each other. And I'm trying to check my own motives to make sure that I'm in focus the right way. Anyway, that's my thought. My encouragement for you today is remember that order. Love the Lord and then love your neighbors. And I hope you have a super wonderful, awesome day. Tribe of Testimonies is not sponsored by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The music is a traditional hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, arranged and performed by Kyle Forsyth. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear how this podcast is affecting you. And I'm always looking for guests. If you or someone you know would be a great guest, you can reach me at tribeoftestimonies at gmail.com.